Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo. Over in Tupelo, it would be a little weird, Robbie, if uh, Brupolo was in Redwater. Yes. Nobody. Coffee is red. coffee is not red. No, it's brown. That's but you know it's brown, brown but, water. But brown water is not coffee. That's no, that's exactly right. Everybody says they're they're getting into the brown water. They're not talking about coffee. So I think a lot of MSU fans are probably getting into the brown water after this weekend. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Uh, my, my, it, I mean. I don't know any other way to tell you to be after this weekend. Pray more. If you don't want to go that way, maybe yeah. pray more. Pray for uh, direction on an, another place to go or uh, something to take your mind off of it. Hey, man, if you want to come to, to Starkville during the spring, softball is killing it. Let's go. Pack yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's time to pack the news, I guess. Right. The noose effect is it's going to be happening very soon. Uh, wherever you are in our great state, from Redwater and anywhere else, you just had to head over to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and you can enjoy great strange brew coffee every single morning. I went by Strange Brew just the other day. And the people in there, you're not going to believe it. Super friendly. It's like they always are. And the, the shipping right to your your house, you can have coffee every morning that you're going to love from strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Two locations to serve you. Uh, in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Great deals online as well. Check those out. Everything you need maroon and white. They've got it at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler. So I, I, you weren't on the show uh, Friday, obviously. And I, I meant to tell you, so I went. I had to go downtown to do something on Friday. Yeah, the, the Thursday through Sunday is off the door. They're just open at Restaurant Tyler now, so... You want catfish on yes. the day, brother? We can go get that anytime you want. You just say the word, and Brian Haydad will be there with you. you. You know what I call that? What? The thunder and lightning effect. The TNL effect. We we make things happen. And I'm just going to go ahead. We're just going to add that to the list. Where we're making states become reality. Yeah. And we've made, we've made um, you know, obviously, Restaurant Tyler was Restaurant Tyler. It, it speaks for itself. Yes. But we, we've put we've a little more demand. I, I feel like we put a little more demand into, yeah. into Restaurant Tyler. I hope so. Maybe, I, it's just, maybe it's just you and I. They just realize, gosh, we have – I mean – We could be making gosh. an extra 40 50 bucks a day. 
<laughs> off those two guys. Oh, you're exactly right. So hey, we, you know we 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 take thing you know we take the bad and make it good. We take the good and make it great. We take the great, we make it legendary. That's Hard to argue. So if you're interested in advertising with us, please contact me. Ah, uh, that being said, I'd like to advertise that the food at Restaurant Tyler is fantastic. It's the best in town. Be it lunch, dinner, or brunch, you want to head to Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank, sixteen locations throughout Central Mississippi to serve you. And serve is what they are all about. When you have a relationship with a Priority One Bank uh, branch, that means that when you need to make a decision about your small business, your home, you're just yourself, a personal loan, you can talk to people that you know. We always talk about eat local. We always talk about shop local. You want to bank local, too. It makes a difference. Like I said, 16 locations throughout central Mississippi. Check them out online at PriorityOneBank.com and download the Priority One Bank app if you're a member. It's a lot more than just checking your account on there. It's streamlined, it's easy to use, and it's full of features that you can, everything you can do at your Priority One Bank branch, you can do on the Priority One Bank app. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. I would have loved to have started with women's basketball today because I feel like they had a fantastic season, a great first year. They gave it their all Sunday afternoon against Notre Dame, and they deserve that respect. But, but, mm. I want to preface my remarks. I don't have any answers. All right? I don't. I can't tell you why things are the way they are right now. I don't know why or how they got to this point. I don't know how they're going to fix them. I am not a baseball man. I've never coached baseball at any level. I will be the first one to tell you that, you know, I've watched I've watched a ton of baseball. And I like to think believe that I have a basic understanding of the game. But I when I say basic, very basic. So, you know, this is not a coach hate ad situation here. I am just telling you my thoughts, my opinions. I don't know that this is the low point is my other concern. Because this is just the first SEC week of the season. And I understand Kentucky's playing really well right now. And it looks like, I, you know, I definitely underestimated them a little bit. But I also overestimated Mississippi State greatly. But State still has a series coming up with Tennessee, with LSU, with Arkansas. Robbie, I don't ever like to use the word unacceptable because unacceptable to me means that there has to be a consequence for their actions. There's going to be a consequence if this continues. Mississippi State baseball swept, and not just swept, but embarrassed. Embarrassed. Absolutely. That's exactly the word. Run ruled on Sunday, should have been run ruled on Saturday, and straight up gave the game away on Friday night. Walks, errors, hit batsmen, wild pitches, pass balls, just everything you could do to lose, Mississippi State did it. And kind of just sat there and took it from Kentucky all weekend as well. Yeah, just it's a disappointing turn of affairs for this team. I mean, there didn't seem to be any fight the last two days whatsoever. Um, people aren't fighting on the mound. People aren't, fight, aren't fighting on defense. People aren't fighting at the plate. It was bad in every single area. Offense wasn't good. Defense, defense wasn't good. Catching wasn't good. Pitching wasn't good. It was just a terrible effort, and it's not very often that I say that because I, I don't I don't like to call out players. I don't like to put everything on players or things like that. But there's something going on, and if you want to say, you know, well, that's coaching. I, 
okay, that you can say that too. I mean, it could be that they are not motivated. It could be that they're not doing the fundamental things correct. I, I find it hard to believe that they're just, you know, sitting around twiddling their thumbs at practice. So I can't explain what's happening right now. I, I really can't. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do not think it's possible for Chris Lamonas to be a bad baseball coach and win a national championship mm-hmm. in this game. I, I do not think that's possible. Uh, I, I know that people like to say that he had other players, recruits, whatever. This man made a lineup lineup card every single day. We saw it. Every single move that he made worked in his first two and a half years or whatever it was. I don't think it's possible to be a terrible coach and have two trips to Omaha in your first couple of chances, win a national title, do the things that you did. I, I don't. I don't think it's possible. So the next question is, there's some kind of disconnect between Chris Lamonis, the coaching staff, and his players. There's You don't have the leadership in the locker room. You don't have players executing. Maybe you misevaluated players. Maybe it's you know something that's a little bit of everything. I don't know. I, I can't explain it. Chris Lamonis can't explain it. Players can't explain it. It's just bad right now yeah. for the Bulldogs. And I, I don't know – if it can get fixed, um, you know, baseball is a funny game. Things can can flip on a dime. I think that this team is talented enough for for things to move in, a, in the right direction. But this was not moving in the right direction. This was taking five steps back, uh, maybe even more. You, you had seven straight wins, and I thought you played pretty well in just about every facet in those seven wins. And then you come back and revert to those same issues that you've had. It just was a terrible look for Mississippi State. It was a terrible look for Chris Lamonis all weekend. And um, this team has got a lot of uh, work to do to prove everybody wrong this season. Um, there, there's a lot of things that have to change for the direction of this this program, this team this year, for uh, anybody to have any kind of faith um, that, that things are going to go uh, in the right direction moving forward. I guess I should take Tennessee off the worry list. They got swept this weekend by Missouri. That is an unbelievable result. Missouri, not on Mississippi State's schedule, probably a good thing for for the Bulldogs this year. Tiger, the Tigers and Kentucky, I mean, they're just this is the thing. This is top to bottom. You have the SEC, even the teams that have not supposed to have been, you know, not not normally good or better this year. And then you know we'll see what happens. You know, Tennessee getting swept feels like an anomaly, right? Ole Miss getting swept. That feels like an anomaly as well, but I do think there's some issues with Ole Miss. I don't, I don't are, think they are. I don't think their pitching staff's very it's, good. It's, it's not very good, and losing Hunter Elliott was huge. I mean, it, they're kind of like Mississippi State a year ago. They lost all their big arms. You know, and they they don't have mallets. They don't have they don't have Elliott right now. But for Mississippi State, this is now force going back to last year. And and I I, I heard Lamonis's answer to your question, and I, I'm not a big fan of that answer. But yeah, that's the second time I've gotten an answer like that. And, it's, and I want to I want to say the but, same thing I say I said on Twitter. You know, people always beg us, ask the tough questions, get in there and ask the tough demand, questions. demand, demand us, ask the tough questions. Then when we do and we get these answers, nine times out of ten, the same fans are like, "Ha ha ha! See, he told you this is what I'm talking about." I mean, it was real. You know, Leach was like that a lot. Yeah. Like we, we would ask Leach a tough question and we get a smart ass answer. And 
you know, people would love to bury us, even though the week before they were like, you need to ask this guy the tough questions. Same thing for Lamonas. And here's another thing, too. What am, what are we getting from Chris Lamonas that's going to make you feel any better? E- even if he comes out and says, you know, I'm I'm terrible. I, I'm awful right now. I'm, I'm not a good coach or something. Are you going to – are you going to feel better about Mississippi State baseball? Is anything going to change? What what did, what did I get on, when I asked that question about you know the fourteen straight losses they've had in SEC play? What did I get from that? That's going to help you feel better. He he's not he's not going to respond in a way that um, fans want him to respond. Right. It's not going to change anything. Uh, he knows what's wrong with his team. I, there's nothing that I can say to Chris Lamonas that's going to turn this team around. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not, this is, everybody knows what's, what's happening right now. Everybody can see it. He can see it. And, you know, I, I think it is, you know, I think you do hold coaches accountable at times and things like that. I get that. Uh, but we're just not going to learn anything really from Chris right. Monas and some of these questions we're asking. I, I say it all you know, the time is I, I think fans sometimes expect, you know, coach, uh, you know, having some some struggles with on the pitching mound this weekend. What are you seeing? He's like, well, you know, obviously Scott Foxall's doing a terrible job, and if it doesn't improve, I'm going to fire him. I mean, that answer is never coming. It's never coming. So, a lot of people, a lot of people want the coach to be embarrassed publicly and right. stuff like that. I mean, it's already. I mean, he's already getting embarrassed when yeah. they're losing games like this. Yeah. You think he's sitting back there saying, "Oh well." He's not smoking no, a he's, cigar right now. He's not. He's not having. He's a pissed. Good time. I, I can tell you. I can tell you being around him. Um, after games and, and kind of seeing him in the dugout and how he's reacted and things like that, he's pissed. I mean, it, I don't know what he needs to do to fix all this, but I mean, he's, I mean, it's obvious that he's not happy either. So it's just a bad situation right now. Yeah. And, f- and 14 straight losses is historic. It's yeah. never happened in Mississippi State history. This is a historic um, losing streak right now. So that's it goes back to they lost the final two games of the Missouri series, then lost their first their last three series of the year they were swept last year. Now swept in this one. That's the equivalent of, of you know, in football, that would be like an equivalent of a five game losing streak. Can you imagine Georgia is the defending national champion? Well, if they lost five games in a row during the season, what are the headlines? Yeah. What what are people saying about Kirby Smart? Like, this is my question that I need all fans to sort of answer. Your first, the first, I have two questions. First question is, do you believe Mississippi State is an elite baseball program? If your answer to that is no, then I don't, the next question doesn't apply to you, right? Because you're just happy coming out, grilling in the lounge, enjoying the stadium. God bless you. You're living a healthier lifestyle than a lot of other people. I promise you that. You got less stress. <laughs> so if, if your answer to that question is no, fine. If your answer to that question is yes, my next question is, is this acceptable at an elite baseball program? If your answer to that is anything but no, then go back to question one, because you don't believe it's an elite baseball program. All right. Do you really do you think LSU would tolerate this? Mm-mm. Do you think that Vanderbilt? I mean, Corbin's won two national titles or three, I think. I don't know. It's two or three. Two. Two. Do you think they would tolerate this? Back to, I mean, if they fin- if state misses the postseason, the Mississippi State, no, Vandy. You think you think Corbin? Do they do they have enough? Do they have enough uh, big power brokers behind the scenes 
their fan base is kind of I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely different, but at the same time, I think yeah. if Corbin missed Hoover two years in a row, they they would they would get they would move on because because some, some good coach would take that job with all the advantages they have. Yeah. So yeah, for would, sure. Would could McDonald, who hasn't won a national title, could could McDonald have two seasons like this at Louisville and keep his job? No, I don't think so. No, and I can go around the country to all the elite baseball programs. I mean, Ole Miss, whose baseball program did not exist before Mike Bianco, they were going to run him out of town last year until everything fell their way, and they won a national title. And now he's, you know, he's kind of in that spot where he's he's good. I'm assuming that, and let and let, let them let them start losing some games here, yeah. and they'll turn on him again. They'll turn on him again. So you know, obviously, when you talk about making a change, this is college baseball. You know, this isn't where you can just, you know, tell the interim, tell the defensive coordinator you're the interim and get through the, the rest of the season, right? You're not going to, you're not, they're not going to let Lamonis go tomorrow and say, Gotro, take us home. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. So if you're one of those people who's like, they should, no, it's, it, just stop thinking like that. You got to, they're not going to fire Scott Foxhall. They're not going to fire nobody's, nobody's, get, nobody's getting fired before the last game this team plays. Mm-mm. Simple as that. And then they're, but you have to let the season play out. And I, I, somebody on Twitter made the point, like you know, they 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 got they started off the really bad against in 2018, and I agree with that. But and I, and I I, were in, I remember being on podcasts and people still call me. I was like, I said this may end up being the worst MSU baseball team of all time. So I'm sort of careful with how I talk about things now because I don't want to have that happen again. I'm unlike some people who can just keep making mistakes all they want and they make ten million dollars a year. Shout out to Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless. <laughs> but, I mean, teams do start slow. But as you correctly pointed out, that team wasn't coming off the last place finish of this year's team. The 2016 team started slow in non conference play, coming off of a and, and, season. And, and Cohen jo- was under the, the gun. That's right. They but wanted, wanted Bush Thompson. And then when conference play started, they were winning games and it just went from there and they ended up winning the. And so could it turn around to next weekend? They bring Vanderbilt in here? Could they take two out of three? Sure. They could. But I don't think they will. And I don't think that mentally this team is in a good place right now. I just wonder about, you know, I just I don't see a ton of guys that I think um, you know, that like are take charge, like take over a ball game types like Jake Mangum. Right, uh, Tanner Allen, take over a locker room types, really. Mm-hmm. Elijah McNamee. I mean, those guys just just came into a locker room and commanded it. Um, and I think we saw that a little bit with that 2016 team. Um, I think Nate Lowe was a, a guy that could come in there and, and demand some respect. Jack Kruger, Dakota Hudson. I mean, th- those guys kind of – Austin Sexton. You know, they kind of – they did not want things – and I'm not saying this team doesn't, but – you know, they, they kind of held everybody accountable and, and things like that. When I look at this team a little bit right now, I'm seeing some some uh, heads drooping. I'm seeing some body language that you don't like to see on the field, and it's carrying over to the field. You can see guys that are getting very dejected out there. Uh, they're struggling at the plate, and you, you see them kind of, you know, drag the bat back to the dugout, so to speak. It's just the mindset right there right now just doesn't seem there. Um, and I think that might be one of the biggest differences between the last couple of teams and the first couple of teams that Chris Simone has had. 
Mm-hmm. He had some alpha dogs in the locker room. Now, there are some seriously talented guys on this roster. Yeah. But who's going to be the guy that comes in there, slams the helmet down, and says, this is unacceptable? Yeah. We, we are playing for one of the best baseball programs in the country in front of a fan base that actually cares about baseball. We just went to a place that was outnumbered by our fans in 20-degree weather and were run-ruled in one game and nearly run-ruled the day before. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have enough people there to outnumber a team seven hours away. Mississippi State had more fans there than the people of the home team that watched the team sweep because they were more worried about basketball than they were baseball. Right. We had two media people there. They had no one covering this series this weekend. Mm. Not a single media person. They do not give a crap about baseball at Kentucky. And they ran you off the field. Who is going to step in and say this is unacceptable? Some guys have to do that. It's, it's not just, you know, a Chris Lamontis thing. It's not uh, a Scott Boxall thing. They've got to come in there and somebody's got to step in and say, we are going to turn this around. We're going to force ourselves into position to win games, and we're not going to fall apart out there. Uh, because right now that's that's where things are. Um, guys are just kind of going through the motions. Uh, pitchers can't compete with the strike zone. And they just kind of, you know, that first inning today was just terrible. I mean, you can't come out an SEC weekend and have first innings like that. Right. Mississippi State had that twice this weekend. They they recovered a little bit in the first game and actually took the lead. But at the end of the day, you lose that game by one run and you were down four nothing before you even batted. Yeah. Uh, well, no, actually, you batted in the top of the first. That's my bad. But but yeah, you're down four nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't have starts like that, and then you can't have games unfold the way that they did. Yeah. Um, on, you can't be up three nothing and then give up twelve unanswered runs. You can't cut yep. a game to four three and have the momentum and give up uh, at that point. Uh, I think it was uh, thirteen unanswered runs. You, you can't. You just that's not things that, that that that's not teams that anybody is going to take seriously are going to do. There's nothing this team does well is what really concerns me. There's, I mean, you not can't really a good hitting team. They're not a good pitching team, obviously. They're not a good fielding team. The catching situation, the catching situation is the absolute biggest red flag to me. That I like Highfield's potential. I think Hancock is a good hitter and a good first baseman. But there's no way that you could have looked at this and said we're good. You had to know that going. You had to go into the portal and get a catcher. Now, now maybe. Their thought was, if we get Skeens, he can catch, which would have been a huge mistake as well, because he's obviously the best Friday night. Did you see? Uh, did you see Schlossnagel's quote on Skeens? Yeah, it's like if y'all missed it, he, they said he should be playing in the MLB right now. Well, he, he said he's playing in the wrong league. He should be in the National or the American right now. Yeah, his that first, was a killer. That was his, a killer. That his was... first three pitches Friday night were one hundred ninety nine ninety nine. I mean. He completely changes the direction of this this team this yeah. year if he's on it. But, but he's not. But it goes down. It, I mean, it goes back to I think that he saw a roster that was more compatible, and Mississippi State's roster did not look nearly as good as LSU's. And that I mean, that's part of the that's part of the issue. Yeah. This is gonna be a, a tough few months because honestly, I don't I don't trust this team to pull itself out of the tailspin. Uh, I don't trust this coaching staff to pull them out of the tailspin either. You know, I will say this. 
if you go back to the end of the 2021 season, they did face some adversity, right? They lost that series at home to Missouri. They went over to Hoover and they got run ruled twice and everybody's questioning them. And they played their best baseball from there. So I, I do believe that Lamonis has faced adversity. He hasn't been a front runner this whole time. He's had to face some adversity. He's had to get this team to, his team to bounce back, and they did in, in the best possible way. I think it's he's capable of that, but it's also got to come from within the locker room. Like you said, I mean, there, there just isn't a Mangum, an Allen, a Jordan on this team that's just going to grab the team and say, come with me. You know, I, they want Hancock to be that guy, but I, I don't see that. I think Hancock is a good player and a good kid and a, well, I'm a kid. He's 23 now. But he's a, you know, I think he can he's a good player, but I, I just don't see that same alpha dog mentality in him that I, I know that I saw from the guys. And he had it on the mound too. You had Ethan Small, you had Cole Gordon, and then you had Bednar and Landon Sims. And those guys are, you know, and I think Harding had some of that too. They, they were just like, I'm gonna get outs. I'm gonna throw strikes. You guys catch it and we'll be all right. And and we just you just don't see that with, with this team. I mean, the the, the walks is are incredible. Mm. You know, the the defense is so bad, and then, then the, like I said, the catching thing that's going to be you know when I when I talk to Lamonis today on Sports Talk Mississippi, I have to ask that question. I have to be like, how did I need to know one thing? It's like, is it is it correctable, or do we just have to expect the whole season teams are just going to run the base pads on Mississippi State like there's nothing to it, which there isn't. Yeah, right. I mean, they, uh, I mean, how many guys have they thrown out this year? Three, two. It's not a lot. I think three, maybe two or three. It's this is just a, this has been um, very difficult to watch, especially after you had a, a guy like Logan Tanner back there. It's just been tough to to kind of see are. it transpire. And I and and I have, I believe that uh, Ross Highfield is going to be really good. Yeah, I do too. Um, but you, but this is what you didn't want to have. You didn't want to throw a freshman catcher. In the SEC, we talked about this so many times, how important it was to, to allow Ross Highfield to kind of learn um, over time, kind of work behind an experienced guy behind the plate and not be thrown into the situation because he hasn't seen a ton of um, these kind of pitchers, these SEC-level pitchers. He's, he's caught a lot of good pitchers, but this is a different level now. You're yeah. seeing sliders like you hadn't seen. You're seeing – upper 90s fastballs routinely. You're seeing a lot of guys with a lot of speed on the base paths. It's just tough to ask a true freshman to mm -hmm. come out there year one, and I think he's handled it well for the mm -hmm. most part, and we've seen some great things from him. And, again, the future is bright on that kid. But you can't ask a true freshman to come in there and play major reps at catcher. It's just – it's very difficult. Yeah. And that's the position that State is in right now uh, because he is – uh, probably the most talented catcher on the team, um, both at the plate and and also behind it, just from a ceiling standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have, you know, Luke Hancock, he's, he's hurt right now. So if he's out, uh, all the pressure's on him. And it's just a you're – in, you're in a tough spot. I think it, would, it probably would have been better off for this team to go out and get a catcher out of the portal. Yeah. But with, with Luke Hancock returning, that – might have been something that uh, a lot of it wasn't very attractive to other catchers um, to have a guy that's been here now for for five years and um, I, I think too that that 
that was probably one of the assurances made to him is what he was going to be a catcher. Yes, I agree. Uh, Chris Lamonis and Lamonis wanted him back on the team. So it's just right now stopping um, players in the bases is, is becoming an issue. No. And then you're giving away forty-five of fifty-one is the answer. But that's that's bad. And I think some of those, I'm almost positive, are like pickoff attempts. Oh, I'm like sure. pickoffs by the pitchers. So you're yeah. down to probably two or three. Let me see if I can find. So Highfield has allowed twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's only been three caught stealings by the catchers this year. You have two pickoffs for uh, Colby Holcomb and two for Graham Eintema. Highfield has allowed 20 of 22, and Hancock has allowed 25 of 26. And a lot of them, you know, just aren't very close. And then Highfield, I got I to gotta look, because I, I, I don't know that they keep this stat, but I want to know what the record is. Highfield already has 12 pass balls on the year. Yeah. Goes back Again, to what you were just saying. You know. Freshman. Yeah. Freshman. That is, I did Catch, not catching catching guys. Seeing that, that number just made my eye twitch. I had not realized it was that that number was that high. I got hold on. I'm gonna go back to just just to last year. Last year was a bad year, so I'm not gonna use 21. So last year with Logan Tanner behind the plate, State had three pass balls the whole season. Yeah, I mean this is and listen game. some. Of, I mean some of these are like judgment calls. Like they could go wild pitch or pass ball. Right. State's State's not pitching it well. Right, no, they're just they're just not, and it, they're and they're making it very difficult on Ross with you know balls in the dirt, balls that are high. Like it's just, it's really uh, I like we we can't just blame just catching. Like it's just part of the it's part of the problem. Not right. The I mean, only. I mean you, everybody you, is to blame. You, you wild pitched in the winning run on Friday. You know you had walks. You had it's just. That's the, that, that's the thing that may, I don't know if frustrating is the right word because maybe it would be frustrating if it was just one thing, right? If I could say, look, if they could just, like Mississippi State basketball, right? If they could just hit threes, that's frustrating. Yeah. It's like they do everything else and they just can't hit threes. Baseball team, it's like you're starting from square one. You know, the pitchers can't pitch, the fielders can't field, and the, the they left, they were what, one for 21 this week with runners in scoring position? So the batters can't get clutch hits. What are you doing? Yeah. You just top to bottom, what are you doing? So four games this week. Arkansas State on Tuesday, and then Vanderbilt comes in coming off of a sweep of Ole Miss in Nashville. So I mean it's gonna be a tough turnaround to do it. But if state falls to 0 and six, at that well, at that point, Robbie, I gotta start making some considerations on how much time I'm gonna spend at Duty Noble this spring. Because and, and, and nine can we go ahead my weekend to spend, you know, an hour and twenty minutes talking about it? Can we go ahead and just say the you know let's we'll start asking some tough questions. Can we go ahead and just start putting that to rest? Because eventually it's going to get to the point where yeah, what's it matter? I mean, the t- <laughs> what are we just going to keep asking the same yeah. thing over and over? Coach, why do you, you suck? Why? Yeah. What do you want me to say? People want us. People want us to come in there and they say. Really Coach, you're a piece of trash. Mm-hmm. Well, how embarrassed are you to be be coaching this team? Yeah. I mean, we can't. You don't do that. Yeah. And you don't ask when is he going to fire Scott Foxhall? Right. Why is he like some of these questions that people won't ask? Yeah. Coach, are not after, reasonable. After that guy flipped the bat. Why didn't you earhole the next batter? I mean, I, what, yeah. I, am I going to ask that? 
Think it does. Y'all think. Y'all think. Uh, I'm asking people to think that don't think, but. But after every loss, you can rest assured we will see those questions. I will be, yeah, we will ask. Or not questions, demands. 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 All right, let's move on into women's basketball. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Hopefully you were able to, you know, it was cold outside this weekend. So if you cooked inside, a big pot of chili would be a great idea. But if you did fire up the grill, hope you got some beef out there. Not only do I hope it, our 15,000 beef producers in our state hope it as well. Every time you buy beef, you're helping your fellow Mississippians not only help themselves, but help our great state. $500 billion a year in uh, agribusiness. I'm sorry, 500, yeah, $500 billion. That's a lot of money, guys. Need, need to look at it. So, is that right? I got to double check that math. I think I've said it so many times that I've, I've lost count. I'm going I'm to double check the math. I'll come back to it. Just remember that beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. And, you know, I say this all the time. Um, It's just the best. You know, I know they like to talk about how, you know, Simply it's the best. It's, uh, they are, they, they're, they're not just barbecue. And they're, and they're not. There's a lot on that menu. It's a lot of great stuff. But damn it, the barbecue is really good. It's just really good. I mean, they're not. They're not just barbecue. They're family. <laughs> we don't. We don't have barbecue. We have family at Two Brothers <laughs> Smoked Meats. So yeah, like I'm craving it. I'll be there this week, no question about it. Check them out at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. That's the. Uh, that's what everybody likes to talk about. Everybody doesn't deliver it though. But Advantage Business Systems does. 48 years staying open, that's the proof in the pudding right there. That's that's how you know that it's true. So when you're looking for uh, business technology for your business, when you need copiers or printers or whatever it is, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then you need a service. Call them back. You talk to the same people. Again, it's about building those relationships. It's about doing things locally. That's the way to do it. So give Advantage Business Systems a call and see what the difference is when, between being a neighbor and being a number. 601-362-9192. Visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. It's cold outside this weekend. You might have needed a nice new uh, pullover. Well, I would tell you where to go get one from the Rogue. And all you've got to do is go there. They've got everything right there. They've got great service as well. You know, they're going to take care of you. The Rogue is one of the the South's oldest men's clothing stores, and it has been open for a long time because they know how to take care of their customers, and they provide their customers what they want, and that's what their collegiate collection is. It's the logos you want, name brands, quality products. You can't beat it. So shop online at therogue.com or visit them at the Rogue in Jackson. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You deserve a sweet treat if you watched every inning of MSU baseball this weekend. If you did that, you deserve a little a little, little taste of the good stuff. So I want you to head over to Dolce and get you some gelato. It's going to make you feel better. So whenever you need a little sweet treat, a little taste of something nice, head over there. Of course, it's always great to go there for breakfast Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They've got bagels. They've got breakfast sandwiches. they got some of the best coffee in town. 
But more importantly than that, guys, I'm just telling you, just just take time out this week and, and treat yourself the little gelato from our friends over at Dolce. 509 University Drive, where Starville satisfies its sweet tooth. That's Dolce. I cannot find my email from our friends at the uh, Mississippi Beef Council that had all the uh, the information in it. And that's that's a little annoying. That's that, that's well, all the information that you need is that beef is good. Well, I, I, while I don't disagree with that, uh, I'm just saying that you know I'd like to have my my uh, my liners there. I don't know. I don't know where they are. It's good. That's going to bother me. So, all right, let's talk some women's hoops. All right, I found it. It's half billion. I was right. So, that's good. I was. I was. I was nervous. I was way overestimating, but I was like, half, five, yeah, that doesn't sound right. What did I say half billion or did I say 500 billion? I wasn't paying attention. All right. I think I said, I think I said 500 billion. That's not right either. So it's a half billion dollars a year. Problem solved. Move on with our lives now. Please excuse any stupidity that came out of it. It was a zillion. It was, it was a Googleplex. All right. Uh, women's basketball. Great run. Make it to the second round. Uh, they fall short uh, against Notre Dame in a game that Notre Dame led most of the game. I would never say they dominated. I think they led by as many as 10. State tied it up a couple times late, but could just never get completely over the hump. The one time they did grab a lead, Notre Dame got it right back. And their season ends 53-48 uh, to, South, in, to Notre Dame in South Bend on Sunday. Robbie, this was a team that I don't know that they overachieved because you said in the preseason, you said that you thought they could be an NCAA tournament team. But I think just from the way they played, you're right there. So that was my stomach. I I swear to God, that was my stomach. I I know what it was. I know. I I didn't want anybody else to think I was passing gas live on air. That was (laughs) you hungry, big guy. I am hungry. I, I drove seven, so seven and a half hours on the last Sunday. Two and... broadcasts of anything I've done. First off, Sports Talk Mississippi tweets out this huge picture of uh, tater tots covered in pulled pork and barbecue sauce, and I'm like, "Hey, I didn't tweet that." And now we have <laughs> gastrointestinal noises on the show, and they aren't mine. That's a win. That's a win for Brian Haydad. I just want to let you know. All right, that sound you heard was Robbie. He needs to go get some. He's getting a little hangry. We're gonna get him something to eat as soon as we get done talking about women's basketball. As I was saying, though, we thought they were an NCAA tournament team, but the way they played this year, I think they played above our expectations. Yeah, I mean, I I think the expectations were for them to – I mean, just the base expectations were to get to – I mean, really kind of the goal was to get to the NCAA tournament. I don't think any of us really knew what they would do. It wasn't really cut and dry. Because you're dealing with a first-time head coach in Sam Purcell, and while we all really like him and we like what he says, the facts of the matter is he's never coached a basketball game before. He's been assistant coach his entire career. So we don't know what he's going to do as coach. you got brand-new players coming in, and quite frankly, a lot of these players were role players where they were um, and you know haven't played that big of a role, I guess, and – um, you know, I, I don't want to take away what they did. I thought Alana Smith did really good things at Louisville, and Ramani Parker played some too, and Courtney Weber at Florida State. But they weren't centerpieces of a team like they had to be for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. So, 
I think they exceeded my expectations. Even though I said that this team could get to the NCAA tournament, I didn't know what they would do. And as the year progressed, and especially late in the season, I think you saw Sam Purcell blossom as a head coach. The the uh, Texas A&M game, uh, notwithstanding, the last month and a half of the season, Mississippi State became a different-looking team. They looked like a team under control. For the most part, it looked like a team that had a plan. There were times this year where you couldn't really tell what Mississippi State was doing on the offensive end. There were times where they were up and down on defense. But in those last three games, this team looked like a bona fide contender for a run in March. And I'm not talking about winning a couple of games. I'm talking about making a run into the second weekend and possibly into the Elite Eight. That team looked like a team that could contend for the top half of the SEC. So it it became, to me, a really good coaching job by Sam Purcell to get everybody on the same page, to have everybody performing in their role, and to win some big games down the stretch. Um, You know, they racked up some wins in non-conference play. They didn't have a ton of big resume wins. But by the end of the year, you knew that this team was for real. And I think – we have seen that Sam Purcell can be a really good coach, a really good head coach. He's not just a cheerleader. He's not just a uh, a recruiter. Like you know, people have painted him as this, uh, you know, just a cheerleader and recruiting guy. We've seen a really good coach come to the surface, and Sam Purcell, a guy that that knows X's and O's, that knows how to motivate, that knows how to coach defense and offense. And I think it's just the beginning. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, we, we've mentioned this a few times that with Purcell, you knew his recruiting acumen when he took the job. It was going to, he had to grow into being a coach. And sort of the thing with Jans was you knew his coaching acumen, he would have to grow into being more of an elite recruiter. Uh, we, we've definitely seen Purcell grow. I think we're seeing Jans grow as well. Jessica Carter is, is a player that was a huge difference maker. I mean, I don't think there's any way you look at last year's team, which was on the bubble there at the very end, and say, well, if she had been there, they wouldn't have made the, the tournament. I mean, she was that kind of difference maker. She would have easily had last year's team in the tournament. Sort of a Tolu Smith situation here, isn't it? She's got another year if she wants one. Do you think she'll be back for Mississippi State a season from now? Yeah, that's going to be the big recruiting pitch um, for Sam Purcell. You know, you've got to get her back. Um, same thing with Tolu Smith. I mean, getting those two centers back, for Mississippi State, the men and the women, completely changes the look of next year's team. Um, if you don't have them, then you're scrambling for a difference maker at that position, and I don't think that's anything you can count on. You have a ready-made you know, all-SEC tandem there um, for each team. You've got to get them back on board. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, this is her um, fifth year, I think. I think that's right. If it's so – we're, we're talking about, you know, six what, years in school. What does last year count for her? Is that her redshirt year? Because she's yeah, just a redshirt as a true freshman, right? That's right. That's it's a redshirt. So she year would still her. have a COVID year available. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, it, it boils down to you know, is she ready to move on? Is she ready to um, go? Uh, you know, play elsewhere. I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but. You know, I've heard some good things, but it's just not settled yet, and we'll just have to see. But they've—that's going to be the the biggest um, 
impact, I think, recruiting in the offseason for Sam Purcell is, is, is if he's able to get her back on board. And then from there, like I said, this this program appears to be moving in the right direction, and, and Purcell continues to grow as a head coach. It's sort of a, you know, this, this is one of those questions that I think fans would ask, but I'll, I'll, I'll take on that role for a second, though. Is Purcell the kind of coach that could get this program back to the level where it was under Vic Schaefer? That's a good question. I think the difference is going to be for him if he gets the uh, the mega stars, right? Um, he he he's got he's got the recruiting acumen, I guess, to to go out there and recruit some great players. He's got to get a Tierra McCowan. He's got to get a Victoria Vivians. He's got to get somebody that can absolutely take over a game and not be stopped. When they want, when they want to do it, mm-hmm. that's that's how you win national championships. That's how you compete for national champions, national championships. Is you have players like that. South Carolina is in that position because they have Aaliyah Boston and they had Asia Wilson before that. Um, you know, Baylor in the past had uh, players like that in the post. Um, LSU this year is what they are because of Angel Reese and only because of Angel Reese. You've got to have some absolute studs uh, down low to have a chance. And that's what he's going to have to have. He's going to have to have um, some players that are just uh, unstoppable in the post and, and some that can take over a ball game too with a ball in their hands. And that's what Vic Schaefer had. And Vic Schaefer did a good job putting players in position and, um, and coaching him up and developing. But at the end of the day, you know, Victoria Vivian's in – Terry McCowan were the difference makers for those teams. Morgan William put put the team on her back. She had the mindset. Right. He's got to get players like that too. You get, she, you, she might not have been the most physical talented, but she was not going to be beat. Elite teams are built around superstar players and then great role players around them. That's yeah. what that's what that team was. You had two superstars with Victoria Vivians and Tierra McCowan. The next year you had two superstars as well with Anriel Howard and, and yes. Tierra McCowan. And everybody else knew their role and and were good at their role, and that's how you went be, become a championship uh, basketball team. I, I'll ask this question because you know he missed on this one, I, and he can't blame Sam Purcell for coming in here and not being able to, you know, snag the state's top player. Was Madison Booker that kind of player? I don't know. I uh, I've seen her play a few times. I think she's really good. Um, it's just hard to really know. Yeah. But the talent, the the basketball, girls basketball especially, talent in Mississippi is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to really tell. It's, she's going to be facing a much different uh, type of team whenever she goes to the Big 12 uh, each and every day. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those teams are going to be um, a lot tougher for her. But she's got the physicality to her. She's got some skill. She's going to be a big physical player mm-hmm. um, at her position, which I think is probably going to be – um, you know, like the three. So, uh, you know, it's it remains to be seen. I don't, I think if he would have had more time, he could have had a chance with her. But mm-hmm. Vic Schaefer just had – I mean, he's been recruiting her since eighth grade. Eighth grade, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. but here's what I'll say about Sam. He was able to sell a vision to players like Asian A. Johnson, Alana Smith, Ramani Parker – those players were big players for Mississippi State this year. They helped make a difference for State. He sold that vision without having coached a, a ball game. 
Now, Romani and Alana knew him and, and kind of knew what to expect from him, so that was a little different. But I'm very interested to see what it looks like for him this year in the portal as opposed to last year because he was dealing with a lot of negative recruiting. A lot of people were talking about, uh, you know, he had never been a coach before. He's just a cheerleader. He's not going to be able to develop you. Mississippi State's not not any good anymore. He was dealing with that behind the scenes with a lot of coaches, especially in this league and some uh, elsewhere. And now he's going out and proven in year one that he can win and, and win big games in advance of the tournament. It's going to be a lot harder to keep him out now. Um, he's going to be pretty relentless on the recruiting trail, um, and he's very good at building relationships. The negative recruiting is going to start fading a little bit. I think that he's going to have a good portal haul here, and he needs it. He's going to have to get some impact players. He's losing Anastasia Hayes, Alana Smith, um, Asian A. Johnson, Courtney Weber, maybe Jessica Carter. Possibly Jessica Carter, yeah. Big names are, are leaving. You've got to go out there and get some some players, not not just bodies, but players that are going to make a big impact. And I'm talking a, a couple that that will contend for all SEC honors. He's got to go out there and, and hit hit the portal hard. Yeah. Good week coming up here on Thunder and Lightning. Uh, we'll do some football tomorrow. We'll break down the wide receiver position, different different roles, different responsibilities for those guys. And and I think that you know it's going to be a, a very interesting group. Certainly talented. Um, we'll continue to talk baseball after, you know, uh, we will probably record tomorrow before I have a chance to speak with coach Lamonas on Monday sports talk, Mississippi, that interview will be scheduled for four 20 PM as it always is. Please tune in and let's see if we can uh, hear what coach Lamonas has to say. Um, and then, you know, I would imagine like you just mentioned there, Robbie portal season will start heating up for Mississippi state men and women's basketball. Uh, so some names will start cropping up here and there. We may have some things to talk about on that front as well. We should also give some shout outs here. Uh, softball suites of South Carolina to start uh, SEC play for them. So they're really, really playing at a high level right now. I, I've been saying it, you know, that their their RPI is going to be pretty good. I think they're going to put themselves in a position where they'll have an opportunity to host if they win enough SEC games. Uh, MSU men's tennis with a win over the number two team in the country. Also South Carolina State just whipping up on South Carolina this weekend. By the way, I, I, I thought of this, by the way, and this is one of those things that occurred to me. Big three sports, Kentucky five and zero against Mississippi State. Yeah, and state does not state does not play well at Kentucky. No, in, in anything, any sport, they, they don't. I, no. I don't know what it is. Baseball's not there. been good there in a while. Cold up there, they don't like it. It was really freaking cold this week. Well, I'm, well anyway, glad you're back. We had the sunshine on uh on Friday's podcast. Might be a little more thunder and lightning this week, though. If I had to, if I had to. Hazard a guess is how things are going to be this week. We'll see. <laughs> Guys, have a great Monday. Robbie, I'll be back with you tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.